and welcome to So You Think That Was Good Do You, a podcast where we take a look back at the movies from our childhood and question the absurdity of their universes. I'm Evan, and as always, I'm joined by the two usual good boys, Sam and Carl. Show me your high energy, boys. Hello, boys. Hello, boys. This week, it was Sam's turn to pick that flick, and you landed on the 1993 classic, Mrs. Doubtfire. Shall I hit you boys with a quick plot synopsis? Oh, please do, because I have no yeah. idea what happens in this. As usual, this is taken from the top of Google, so it is awful. Here we go. Troubled that he has little access to his children, divorced Daniel Hillard hatches an elaborate plan. With help from his creative brother Frank, he dresses as an older British woman and convinces his ex-wife Miranda to hire him as a nanny. Mrs. Doubtfire, big quote marks there, wins over the children and helps Daniel become a better parent. But when both Daniel and his nanny persona must meet different parties at the same restaurant, his secrets may be exposed. Well, they may be. How exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if they are. <laughs> that's not great. That just... I, I don't know. Well, I it, think that's a reasonable... It gives you the premise of the movie and then skips to the very end and, and just gives you one of the plot points. I think it gives you the main plot point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's my favourite part of the movie, for sure. Yeah. I mean, not a terrible summary, but... I don't know. I think we can do better. <laughs> Over the course of the next two hours, we can do better. <laughs> Sit back and... And relax as I go through every single plot point chronologically for the next two and a half hours. And it will take that long because this was a spectacularly long That's movie. A long movie. Two hours and six minutes. Two hours and six minutes. Too long a movie. Too long. Even by today's standards, there's not enough content in this to, to fill all those minutes. A lot yeah. of it was just kind of dragged out. Uh, no joke intended there. But <laughs> pauses for laughter. <laughs> Sam merely smiles. <laughs> I forget this is an audio medium. Should we dive right on in then? Uh, I have a question for you boys right from the start. I've said to you that this is my first viewing of this, so I had no nostalgia going in. Who is the antagonist of this movie? It's a good question. Because I have and my opinion. I don't have an answer. Evan? Well, we're supposed to believe it's Pierce Brosnan's character, whose name I can't recall right now, but I'm going to call him Pierce throughout this because he's just Stuart a handsome something. man. Stuart, yes. Stuart is supposed to be the antagonist because he's the new man moving in on the family, but he's just a nice, normal guy. In my opinion, Carl, maybe I'm stepping on you here, so I won't go too far into it, but Daniel is the antagonist. Yeah, that, that's what I got from this. I watched it. Just, yeah. like, he's the bad guy, right? He's not a good dude. Of all the people in this, though, he's the worst person. The worst person. Absolutely no empathy. On this, empathy on this for him topic, on this topic, I was so I was chatting to Charlie yesterday, my girlfriend, about this. Going back and watching all of these '90s movies, as we have done, I'm realizing that I relate to the antagonists really often, like way more than I expected to, and I don't like the pro the protagonists. Yeah, we kind it's of realize. Seems to be a consistent theme. You kind of realise that as an adult, they're somewhat reasonable. Like, yes, yeah. the judgment in this is: well, if you want to see your kids, get a job and find somewhere to live. Oh, yeah. ah, that's just disgraceful! How can you expect <laughs> such a thing? Did you not hear that heartfelt plea? I mean, I could. I guess I could, like, get a flat and find a job, or I could do something yeah. far easier and get lots of prosthetics. 
yeah. fake being a English nanny. British nanny. Mm, quote unquote. <laughs> English. Yeah. And just infiltrate the family life. Yeah. Well, I feel like this is a running theme throughout all the movies we've watched so far, which has been mainly in the 90s. We've, we've done a few outside of that. But so the main character is always this larger than life character. But the, the, the cost of that is that they sort of live outside the normal societal norms for them to be engaging. But the consequence of that is that they're not relatable in a lot of senses. And I feel like this movie so far is the biggest highlighter of that. I, I was never on his side throughout this. This movie ruined a viewpoint I've always had in that British comedies are a stupid main character in normal world and American comedies are, are relatable people in a stupid world. And this has completely ruined that for me now because he's a fucking idiot and in a very normal adult situation. I think a League of Gentlemen might have ruined that for you as well, but I get what you're saying. Um, if if I'm going to be all armchair psychologists about this, <laughs> and don't worry, I am. Um, <laughs> I think. How much are you charging for okay. this? Okay, so I guess depends on the Patreon. Um, <laughs> okay, as a surprise to no one, Mrs. Doubtfire is mostly aged at the younger audience from the 90s, who's a large part of their life experience is having boring old sensible parents tell them, no, you can't do this fun thing. So that's a natural antagonist that is relatable, is oh, this boring sensible adult is saying all this stupid stuff, like you can't have farm animals in the house. <laughs> Gay. <laughs> and it's the 90s, so that's okay to say. <laughs> I'll cut that out, that's okay. Um, yeah. I'm going to end my bullshit psychology lecture, and shall I? Shall I just dive into explaining yeah, what we're well, actually all do. Well, I think about? up front, this film's directed by Chris Columbus. I feel like that's worthy of note. He's the guy who I have no more notes on top of that of Harry Potter fame. The first two movies, yeah, I was going to yeah. say Harry Potter and director. I feel right? like this very much has that same magical feel, but the content of the movie kind of no, no, Evan. You just saw Matilda in a movie and thought it was magic. I have notes on Matilda. And we'll get to it. I'm sure we all do. <laughs> oh, let's dive on in. I, I'm, I'm uh, keen to get into this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is all getting cut out. Episode starts right here. <laughs> Hello and welcome. This movie starts with uh, Robin Williams uh, starring as the sole voice actor. As he stars as, and I've got this written down, an anti-smoking bilingual multi-character cartoon yep. voice actor slash opera singer. It's this kind of eclectic, cocaine fueled oh, display yes. of all of his yeah. talents. And uh, spoiler alert, it's not the last time we're going to get that happen. No, this very much sort of sums up the kind of guy he is. A, a jack of all trades in this context. And it's very much a Tom and Jerry-esque cartoon he's doing. So you can see the kind of wacky stuff that they're going for. But you're right, yeah, so they, they tried to highlight what a moral guy he is. Because the, there's a, a cigarette that's forced into... Is that a bird? Yeah, a bird. Yeah. Uh, a bird's mouth. And then he does this little uh, a little bit of improv. And the, the director of the cartoon is like, no, just read from the script why you're doing this. And at, at this point, I'm, I'm also on his side. Because you're supposed to think that director's being a dick. But he's not. He's on the clock. He's trying to get his fucking job done. And this fucking clown is putting his own shit in. So already I'm against him. Okay. 
Yeah, but if you're producing a cartoon and you're recording all of the lines in real time with one guy doing yeah. all the characters, give him some leeway. <laughs> you need him. Um, I mean, apparently not. He does get initially. He just get instantly fired. So you don't need him that well, much. Yeah, exactly. He's got no value whatsoever. Somehow, but in my mind, you need him. Um, yeah, I wrote down for this so that the cartoon is yeah, kind of Tom and Jerry or what's the what Sylvester and the little bird. Oh, oh yeah, it's Looney Tunes, yeah, Tweety and Tweety, Sylvester. Yeah, so it's that kind of style. Yes, very thing. much so. And I wrote down, a bird in a cage preyed upon by an evil posh cat. Could this be a metaphor? And I don't think it was. No, no. <laughs> no, we're seeing that very much all about Robin Williams. Foreshadowing or metaphorical for anything else in the film. Uh, it was just a cartoon. I felt, I'm going to use the word highlighted again, but here we go. This scene, so where he does this big moral speech very much highlighted for me the contradictions in Daniel because he, he says about how children shouldn't have a pro-smoking message in a cartoon that they're going to ingest. And then immediately he does the most racist Gandhi impression I've ever seen. And there's a lot <laughs> of that in this movie. Yeah, we get an idea for, yeah. for what the morals of this time the, period was. So I feel like we have to forgive it a little bit. It's of its time, but they live a good uh, stereotypical voice, don't they, in this? accent i love yeah. a stereotype yeah for someone this principled he has surprisingly few principles yes, yeah i think it's just the smoking thing actually <laughs> um so yeah he he gets uh fired slash quits his job yeah. storms out and we get a nice p -p 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 piss off lou in the style of uh, porky the pig yeah again showing off his talents yes lou does not know what he's lost <laughs> um, the <Lou v> antagonist <laughs> lose the antagonist we answered the question he was just dealt with really quickly um so yeah robin then uh, and i'm gonna call him robin because i keep forgetting his name daniel daniel hillard D daniel okay yep. robin so robin goes and picks his kids up from school um he picks his kids up from school and says hey i'm taking you home and also remember that thing that your mum said fuck that I'm throwing you a birthday party. So yes, the boy is allowed to So this principal party. guy is undermining his his wife immediately. What I yeah. love about this, it's hard working wife. Is that the only thing I can imagine happened off screen? Is he said to his son, "What sort of birthday party do you want?" And he says, "Some sort of hip hop cross farmyard animal style birthday <laughs> party, please, Dad." <laughs> but Got in the, the exact house. same note written down. <laughs> As yeah. a kid with really specific fetishes. Hip-hop farm animal themed birthday party. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, as a side, is this, was this a thing? Is this a thing that you could just rent out a farm and say, yeah, bring I mean, all the animals to my house and then leave the them cop, there? The cops showed up. <laughs> yeah, we don't need any supervision. The cops showed up. So apparently having farm animals in the city is illegal. So I can't imagine that business makes a lot of money. It's like, no, you can't have <laughs> those in the city. A noise complaint. At like 5pm. Yeah. Well, and I can only imagine seeing as though this was planned last minute and he can't have had much time prepping that all those kids, their parents don't know where they are right now. He's just scooped all of them up from school gone. we're going to have some pigs and a bit of hip hop if you uh, want to pop over to my house. Look, we're stopping by the farm on the way back. <laughs> Reverse into the gate. And at this point... At this point, we're six minutes and 28 seconds into oh. the movie, and the opening credits are still going. Oh, wow. I hadn't We've had the cartoon that. scene. We've a, had a whole party. <laughs> the 
the last credit comes up as the party is ending and the and Miranda, his wife, uh, played by Sally Sally Field. Sally Fields, thank you. Is it just Robin Williams as Gandhi? Robin Williams as Porky Pig. <laughs> Robin Williams. <laughs> Going through every character that he supposedly does. Robin Williams is racist stereotype number one. Robin Williams is racist stereotype number two. Um so yeah, like you say, Matilda comes back from work because the old boomer next door winds down the phone to her. Yeah, I hated that neighbour. She's in that this movie too much for just someone who is supposed to be a bitch. Oh, this is the last time that I noticed her. Oh, she's in it later. She's outside the door when uh, someone's supposed to be letting into Daniel's house, but that's not important. I do uh, love the scene before this where we're introduced to Miranda, where she's going through her board. She's in like a bombing. I never learned what her job is. I assume it's something in furnishing, executive furnishing of some kind. I thought it was marketing. That's I bad. thought it was Martin when we went into the meeting, but then everything they talk about later on is furniture based or carpets. Well, she's the designer for Piers Brosnan, so yeah, I think yeah, it's some kind of something interior design, with, something that's not a real job. Sure, unlike us. Yeah, well, <laughs> she she's a podcaster. <laughs> um, I love the. In films, when they try to convince you that, you know, someone's a professional and they don't know anything about that world, but they deliver this whole, all this dialogue to convince you that these are professional people. And I'm going to read off what they actually say, because n- none of it has any meaning that you would never have this in a meeting. So I'm just going to go. I know what you're doing for these murals, but perhaps if they weren't so large. And let's do steel windows, not wood. Eliminate the <laughs> oriental rug. Let's try an Orbison carpet. Never heard that word before. Uh, more pink than red. So we know she's a professional in what she's talking about. But oh, none yeah. of that means anything. Absolute and then everyone problem. around the table is like, good idea. I like it. Yeah, it takes a professional to come up with, with gold like that. Uh, well, more yellow than um, gold. Oh, very good. I'll leave that in. <laughs> um, so she, yeah, this is also the scene where she gets called up, offered the... I got it written down. Stuart Dunmire was his name. She gets off the Stuart Dunmire job, which is he needs you to do some, do your job, whatever that may be, in the vicinity of his house that he, I guess, owns. By the way, he's rich. Yeah, yeah. They somehow so know each rich, other. sexy man appears and offers her work. Very sexy. Um, so here we get plot line number two. But that's all that really happens. Um, yes, and then yeah. she goes back home and finds the padding zoo. For some reason, Daniel is dressed in... Well, he's wearing a T-shirt and then a, a, a shirt over it, like a cotton one, and it's only buttoned at the top. So it's it's wide open all the rest of the way down. He's got a cap on backwards. There's a term for the look I think it's, they're going for, but I don't want to use it because it is derogatory. It's divorced did dad have, look. Um, did, he have a, did he have a tie around his forehead? No, it was a cap on backwards. I think yeah, this they're, wasn't a wedding they're targeting scene. something specific here. No rules at this party. The coolest dad. And Whisper's thing that he's a fun guy, but for me, it's all just red flags. There's no safety there at all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, they have a very nice house and he can't keep a job. So N- No. Yeah. I she would is divorce them. And she is, like, she is a very reasonable character. I I'm think. on her side. <laughs> yeah. She's, yeah I, she's... I was on her side from the beginning. I was just like, well, yeah, I'd divorce him too. <laughs> she's yet another kind of. I mean, she's not an antagonist, but she's a. Character who has so much empathy for. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't put up with that shit either. Yeah. 
And like, even after this, when she, okay, so cutting ahead a little bit, but every time she talks about uh, Robin, about uh, Daniel, she's so like, just broken. Like, oh my God, this fucking guy. It's exhausting. Um, and I could relate to that for more, far more than I could relate to him. Because I yeah. felt the same. I was watching it and he exhausted me. Imagine that this being might your have husband. Something to do with us being about 25 years beyond the intended yeah. age range. <laughs> Which um, is odd because it's quite a sad movie for kids. Yeah. It is a little bit. For sure. Um, so they get divorced? Well, so they get so. Okay, yeah, divorced, they have a big yeah. argument. They get divorced and he moves then his we brother. see him. But Robin goes and says goodbye to his three children. Three very forgettable children. I mean, I've got their names written down. I'm pretty sure they're boy, girl, and Matilda. <laughs> and the only reason that I remember Matilda, apart from the obvious, yeah. is that she's fucking horrifying. She talks so quietly and so close to the microphone. It's like she's like a horror movie character. Her, it's very... Oh, my God. Big open mouth acting. She's she's acting entirely with her mouth, nothing else. And I don't mean in the sense of trying to get a job from Harvey Weinstein, just <laughs> gaping all over the place. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, that is. Oh, okay, let's move on. <laughs> Wasn't sure whether or not to say that, but I did. Yeah, I'm glad you did. <laughs> oh, dear God. Uh, yeah, so he moves in with his brother, who has he a does. very lovely silky voice. Oh, he- well, it's actually quite hard. It's not silky. It's like this harsh smoker's voice, but I, I love it's that. It's a whiskey and smoky voice, yeah. which we all long to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, well, he's a costume designer, which becomes important later, but uh, <laughs> we don't learn much else about him other than that. Yeah, we don't really get much insight to his character. But yeah, uh, Robin goes to stay with him for a bit. Um, he goes to his, what do they call it? A court liaison. Oh, actually, I mean, I skipped... Well, there's a custody battle I first. the custody battle. Wasn't much of a battle. Yes, yeah. Again, like we've said, it was a judge <laughs> going, look, sorry, mate, but you are a homeless psychopath. So I'll give you a chance, but... <laughs> yeah, he's allowed vegetation rights on Saturdays, and he's got three months. There's a time limit, limit so there's, you know, stakes for this movie now. He's got three months to get a job and keep it uh, and get an apartment, and the, the ruling might be overturned. Yeah. And I suppose we haven't really mentioned that the, the the plot driver of this movie is how much he loves his kids. Which mm, is he loves them. I mean no, I thought that was kinda nice. That's like it's yeah, it's a I'm bit sure. of a novelty for that to be just there's no ulterior motive, there's no selfishness, it's just he really loves his kids and he God yeah, God um, knows why, they're so just <laughs> On this podcast, it is a novelty to have a dad who loves his kids. <laughs> no wonder we sat there going, why? <laughs> everyone knows. Everyone knows it takes a dad not loving you to develop a personality, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. that's why those kids aren't funny. Yeah. Other than They're never going to have big. a podcast. That's why we hate them so much. That's why we hate all the protagonists. <laughs> Oh. Uh, yeah, no, so he gets a court liaison, a court liaison. Um, who will be, like, overseeing this whole process with the kids and, you know, his uh, his progress in getting the job and keeping an apartment and things like that. Uh, and this is, this is a painful scene for me. I think this scene is, I mean, I wrote this down as he hadn't 
done a voice. He hadn't spoken enough in the last few minutes. He hadn't done a voice in about five <laughs> minutes. So he had all this, again, pent up poke energy that they just had to give him a scene and say, look, okay, we're going to give you a couple minutes. Do what you want. You get it out of your system. We can move on. Look, so I, like, I couldn't help but view this scene two ways. In the number one, like Robin Williams is awesome. And I loved that he was given the freedom to just like be Robin Williams. But at the same time, I was just like, this does not fit what this movie is meant I mean, to be. Look, power and to him. Yeah. This guy should not be allowed around children. No. <laughs> I, did, I just, no, it's, it's perfect that this scene comes at the point that we're meant to be. What this scene is meant to be conveying to us is this guy's broken, he's just lost his kids. And then he just explodes into this insane set of wacky voices. Yeah, it's five minutes of him doing oh, voices. So, Not for us, but for so that long. court liaison who has to sit there and listen to it. But yeah, it's also too long for us. And they're not all impressions of like famous characters. Like 80% of them are just, here's an accent I can do. Yeah. It's, it's like when you have to babysit. And it's a lot of watch this, watch this, watch this thing I can do. Yeah. <laughs> and so all you have to do is say, okay, I'll find a house and a job. This woman has an entire day of her, ahead of her meeting other divorced dads <laughs> saying, you can take them to McDonald's once a week on a Saturday. You'll see all the other divorced dads. Yeah. But no, it's just to sit and listen to him going, look, I'm a hot dog. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> look how many times I can spin around. <laughs> God. Yeah, so he got all of his energy out and um, and said that he's, yes, okay, I'll get a job. And he does. He gets a job and he's, he's sort of like packing film canisters or so. It's yeah. kind of a menial job. He gets a job. He gets a flat. He does. And the boxes are ticked. And in three months, he'll get to see his kids more often. He's already done it. So the obvious next step is dress as some old... Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're, you're right, yeah. There's a massive... I don't want to call it a logic jump, but it's not. It's logic in his brain, which he is... He had two boxes to tick, and he ticked them on day one. <laughs> he did. He'd already, he'd already ticked both of the boxes. But then I suppose... The thing that, you know, pulls him out of that is that we meet our antagonist. Um, yes. Piers Brosnan and Stuart Dunmire. Piers Brosnan and Stuart Dunmire coming in and instantly flirting with um Oh, he's horny in this movie. The, the thing I find interesting about this scene is he's crazily forward with her. Like, really yeah. into oh, her. Yeah. Flirting constantly. Very 90s And style. then she says, I'm sorry, I'm divorced. And he goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that you broke up with Daniel. You're like, hold on. So you thought she was married when you were doing all that? <laughs> <laughs> it is hotter that way. It is. I really liked your Thurston Dunst uh, joke last week, Sam. So I tried to do an equivalent. This is not good by any standards. I was very tired when I wrote this. I, I watched this movie in two two uh, parts because I couldn't just do the whole two hours of it and this was at the end of my first tenure with this fucking movie so don't judge me for this but <laughs> here we go Fierce Coxon <laughs> that's awful that's terrible that's fucking really terrible it's terrible <laughs> when I wrote that I laughed to myself for five minutes and then when I <laughs> attempted to watch the second part of the movie that's the first note I read and I was like I cannot do a pod with the book I have to tell them I can't do it they have to do it on their own if that 
is the pinnacle of everything I've been able to do. Boys, I'm not funny anymore. Twenty minutes in, we've done we've done this segment now two weeks in a row, which means it's a segment. (laughs) (laughs) We've established something here. We've established a pattern. So we can only watch horny movies. Okay, a note that I had, which is a bit of a dead end, so I'll sneak it in here with the cut section, um, is that one of the one of the uh, God impressions that he does in his court liaison scene is um, is James Bond, and this movie came out I think one uh-huh. year before Piers Brosnan acted as James Bond for the first time. Oh, which is that's uh, a link. Yeah, that that yeah. is a fact. It's kind of, it's a fact, it's something. It's, I don't know if it's trivia, but it kind of is. Good enough to stay in. It's good enough. <laughs> it is better than most of the IMDb trivia I was looking through. That'll stay in. Um, so, where are we? I mean, yeah, so, so Robin's got his... Well, now she's, I was going to say, now she's putting up her advert to find a babysitter. She is. So, the kids have come round to Robin's flat and found out that he's got a place, he's got a job, he's doing well. Everyone's judging him because he had some like clothes on the sofa or something. Yeah, but dog on him so hard, yeah. and that place looked it fine. Looked absolutely- it looked. He just yeah. moved in, and he had a takeaway, <laughs> and they were shit talking in the entire time. She comes to pick up the kids. Okay, so first thing, the kids hear her car horn and get up in a flash to run out the door. Yeah, yeah. And then when <laughs> he flips out food. at them and she walks in. They're suddenly defending him. It's like this movie. I don't think. I don't think it could decide whether the kids are on his side or not. But then, yeah, and also after shouting at them, we're supposed to be being endeared to this character, but he treats them so harshly. And in that conversation they had, he jokes about their mum dying <laughs> with like amoebic dysentery. Is oh, what she said. He says that she yeah. should get. Yeah, and then the kids are like, why would you? Why would you want mummy to die? I can't do a big enough mouth for it. It's a much bigger mouth than that. But uh, yeah, it was. At no point is the movie bringing me to his point of view it's for not. this. Um, the other no. pet peeve that I've got with this scene is that. So yeah, he gets a. I think Chinese takeaway for the kids. Miranda comes in, and as she's like gathering them up, she like picks up the takeaway and has a little sniff and like reels away in disgust. Why is it that TV and movies make Chinese takeaways seem like something disgusting? It is delicious. It's, it's a the happy best meal. Takeaway. It's a joyful meal. <laughs> I fucking love getting Chinese. I mean, yeah, it's a treat. You are the child of a divorced family, so you've probably got a lot of okay. Chinese around at dad's. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Happy memories around at dad's when mum came and beeped outside. Sam's yeah. childhood mattress was balanced on a bunch of empty takeaway boxes. <laughs> <laughs> oh god I relate to this too much um, but yeah no I stand by that takeaway's delicious stop acting like it's something sad yeah anyway so yeah as you said Miranda reveals that she's getting a housekeeper mm-hmm. uh, because apparently the first thing that you do after getting Don't divorced and losing it. half your income is pay 300 quid a week <laughs> for a, a housekeeper Whoa, I guess whoa, whoa. she's saving all of this money because she doesn't have fucking zoo animals in the house every week. <laughs> she, they did not lose half their income. What was he bringing? That's true, yeah. <laughs> they lost maybe 5%. She's probably got more money now. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. The, the pennies he was bringing in from the half jobs that he was walking out of. Yeah, it was more than made up for with the amount that she saved. So, fair enough. On her one income, she's... 
<laughs> maintaining this mansion and yeah, bringing in a housekeeper. I think it speaks a lot to our current situation that I just spent a lot of time watching going, that oh, is an expensive looking house. Very, How do they afford that so. house? Absolutely. Yeah. I just spend my life looking at houses and I can't afford any of them. Was this based in San Francisco? San Francisco as well. I think so. Yeah, yeah. which is one of the most expensive cities in in America, especially now. Maybe I don't know what it was like I mean, in the nineties. Yeah. But I realised yeah. I was thirty years old when that was where believability kind of started to wane for me. I was like, yes. how do they afford that <laughs> yeah, house God, on one income? Yeah. That's yeah, very far apart, isn't it? Very much the same as watching Friends. How can they afford that apartment in New York between two people? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Um, yeah. So he alters the, yes, he alters yeah, the he, advert. Which... He changes a few numbers, yes. And here we, well, we haven't had voices for twenty minutes now, have we? So it's it's time for voices again. He calls up. They're back. <laughs> he calls up and does twenty odd impressions of different accents, pretending to be different women that are applying for this job. They're all awful until we yeah. get to the last one. And he's not got a name prepared. I did just write They're a note saying... They're all vaguely offensive. She was harangued by a bunch of people who all sound vaguely like her husband. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, she might be the most likeable person, but she's also, also the most gullible. Yeah. Um, yeah, she is. So he he finally calls her with the, uh, the winning character, mm-hmm. which he opts for, yeah, this sort of... Um, we can call it a sort of Scottish accent, full oh, yeah, Scottish yeah, accent, sort of. I see what they're hinting at. Edinburgh esque. Yeah, um, I mean they push a lot that this is an English accent. Yeah, nobody in the well, movie. The word Scottish is never said in this no, film. Never. <laughs> I mean, did no Mrs. Doubtfire. At no point did Pierce Brosnan, the Brit in the movie, go. <laughs> yeah. Can you stop saying it's English? Oh, God. It was That's so Scottish accent. Well, if anything, he did the opposite. He said, uh, "She, Mrs. Doubtfire, um, when she met him, he said, oh, you're from England. I lived in London. What part of England are you from? Are you not fucking hearing this? <laughs> Where do you think? Scotland, England. <laughs> yeah. But not only does he not know the accent that he's doing down the phone, but... He falls at the first hurdle. She she responds out the phone. She says, "Well, what what's the name?" He's like, "Um," and picks the first thing that he sees in the newspaper. Yeah, which is something about which policeman was, doubt fire, which was a crime. Yes. I mean, that could yeah. have gone very badly. <laughs> oh and god, this is a doubt murder. <laughs> <laughs> the one of the oh. voices he does in the segment as well is the first example of the main, very much leaned into joke of this movie where he's pretending to be a German woman and he says he doesn't work with, he doesn't want to take the job because she's got a little boy and she doesn't work with little boys because he used to be one. The joke doesn't make any sense. There's no... I mean... I think think that was enough to get a laugh in the 90s. Yes. That's all I took from that. This movie is very much of a different time. This is where it starts going hard on this stuff, but uh, clearly they're not very sensitive to, to this issue. Christ. Yeah, so, okay, so he, he does the voice that he's decided on, makes up a name on the spot. Then he goes back to his brother, the cosmetics artist, yes, and we're luckily. like, ah, oh, it's all coming together. <laughs> and he sits down in the chair and goes through about 
10 different yeah. and costumes with different accents. It's like, you already picked yeah. the character. Yeah. What are you yeah. doing? Why are you doing a Spanish accent now? This is because he was really enjoying doing voices and he didn't want to get stuck with the one for the rest of the movie. So he was like, I've got these other ones to show you. Let me ram them in here. God, they gave him the phone line. They gave him the, the phone scene. They gave him the phone scene and said, look, get it all out now. Yeah. We've given you this. And then they turned, they, they were editing the scene. They turned away for a second and he was there. <laughs> oh, I've got more in me. I've got 10 more. I've got 10 more. It's like, for fuck's sake, fine. We'll write in another few. Yeah, I feel like they couldn't say no to him. This is at the height of his career. So this is very much a, you don't say <sighs> no to him. Let him do what he wants. Yeah, exactly. Or he would have stormed out. Like you did at the start. <laughs> oh, maybe that's the metaphor. Um, so he goes to his brother and he uh, finally gets together the outfit. And it's a it's an interesting scene because like it's quite cool seeing the the other side of like these movie prosthetics and latex and all this. But fuck off, is it that easy to oh, put on and take off? There was one one bit of trivia that I had for you. Is that apparently this is how prepared I am. The number's either four or twelve, and I don't know which one it is. <laughs> but the, the, the actual prosthetic was made up of either four or twelve pieces, and the mask wasn't legit. He didn't just shove a mask over his face. Oh, and- no, of course not. Oh, God, yeah. No. yeah. I think twelve is probably the number. That sounds more reasonable. Yeah. Because yeah. um, it's, I mean, it's pretty good, I would say. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, it was, uh, I don't say it's you know. believable, but it is good. Where are we? So then he heads to the interview. Yes, yes. Straight from there. And he meets his own kids and his own <laughs> wife a couple of days after they last saw him. And he, then they have no, they don't recognise him. Because the makeup's so flawless and the accents are so flawless. Yeah, did you two get anything down for this? Well, <laughs> yeah. Um, one, I want to say that there is a Stuart Little reference here. I is that also in this scene? Yeah. Okay. Yes, yeah. Yes. Uh, he calls... He's talking about like one of the kids being honest, uh, honourable, and he says that he Tilted. reminds him of Stuart Little, one of the most honourable characters in literature. Because obviously this literature. is before the first movie. So, yeah, well, there we go. This Not- was. This was six years before Stuart Little came yeah. out. Oof. So um, there's a fact, which also is just... Just a fact. There's nothing else there. <laughs> That's it, yeah. He was talking about the book, the one with the weird stepcat scene and all that. Yeah. The most honourable character, <laughs> honourable creature in all of literature. Yes, that's yeah. it. Yeah, I feel like if I said you remind me of Stuart Little to someone, I, I wouldn't be. That would be an insult. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Get not, I was offended when I got the Stuart Little award. <laughs> that wasn't funny to me. I forgot about the Stuart Little award. I want to remind <laughs> the listeners. Anecdotes getting in again. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> Got to listen to the episode if you want to hear that. Head back and listen to Stuart Little. No. 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 Someone has to. Uh, I did really love a quote from this scene. Uh, so the mum, Miranda, starts stagging off Daniel, the father, to Mrs. Doubtfire in front of the kids. And he says, yeah. I'm sure you, you, you'd usually ask the children to leave the room before you verbally bash their father. Bit of fun, that. I thought, <laughs> you know, there's some good lines in this movie. Like that. A lot of it is quite funny. Is. I did laugh at quite a lot. I just feel like a lot of the messaging yeah. was his and miss. I mean, we're uh, knocking it, but there's some good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a funny movie. And there's uh, something the boy mentions here, and also is, it's mentioned when he gets on the bus straight after the scene, is people react at how big Mrs. Doubtfire is. Do you know how tall Robin Williams was? 
No, go on. Five five. <laughs> but that's an inch taller than Chloe. Never has she walked into the room and I thought, fucking hell, do you play American football? That's what the boy says to it, Mrs. Doubtfire. I don't know the boy's name. Do you play football? No, but you're so big. Kid, but you're so big. <laughs> <laughs> Love a blade reference. Um So then after this interview, which he aces, of course, gets the job. Um, he goes back to his flat and the court liaison shows back up. Yeah. So we get the first of the fun little disguise swapping scenes where he can seamlessly pop this movie quality prosthetic on and off <laughs> just in a, at a second's notice. Seconds, yeah. It's just a mask and tits. Yeah. Yeah. This is probably one of the most memorable for me. Okay. So, Carl, you hadn't seen this before. But this is me, a scene I was aware of, yeah. Mind. That yeah. Even though I'd never seen this movie before, this scene, I think, is very famous. The most iconic, most famous, I this think, is, scene yeah, in the, the Mrs. Doubtfire scene. After he drops the mask out the window by accident, when he's switching between these two characters, you know, there's that tense moment where he's sneaking towards the court liaison because he's going to yeah. go out the door and try to get the mask so he can assume that identity again. Well, I thought he was going to murder her if she turned around. That... There was so much tension in that moment where I thought he might actually bash her head in if if she spots him as Daniel in a fucking woman's dressing gown with the tits still on and everything. Uh, and she does turn around. He doesn't murder her. But I'd have loved to have seen that movie. Well, it was, it's very... um. What is the character's name from... Silence of the Lambs. Oh. Buffalo Bill. Buffalo, Buffalo Bill. Bill. Yes, it was very... <laughs> It puts the cake on its face. <laughs> or else it gets the tea again. Oh, Fuck. yes. Yeah. I can't wait to get to that scene. I fucking cracked up at that. Well, I think we're yeah. there, aren't we? I think, I, no, no, well, he's further on. So, yeah, he's dodging. The, the, the face gets run over by a passing truck or something. Yeah. And then he runs out uh, into the kitchen and offers the uh, court liaison tea. That's his go-to in this. He's... <laughs> "Quote unquote English," so he has to offer everyone tea. We fucking love tea. So he's 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 making the tea, and uh, he's running around the kitchen trying to find ways to to hide his face. And the one that stuck out for me to me is he grabbed a tea towel, held it up above his face for a second, and then discarded it, going, "I'm not a Muslim." <laughs> what? Yeah, I yeah, don't remember that scene. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> oh. Which, There's a lot well, of that in this movie. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think, I think what I latched onto was that he, like we see him go through his cupboards and uh, they're just empty. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Goes into the fridge, and all he has is what looks like a pre-ordered cake. It's a very nice cake. Yeah. So he doesn't do his shopping, cake. but he does get around to the local cake maker and get a, a, a <laughs> yeah, a perfectly made cake. So either. He has no food but cake in the house. Or he he threw a birthday party for his son and then took the cake in the divorce. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I was wondering about why this cake was here. Well, he's a type of... He's a cake for dinner dad, isn't he? That's the kind of... I'm a fun dad. We can have cake for dinner. Mm. It's Chinese or cake, kids. Pick one. I've got them both. (laughs) So, yeah. Then he... uh, smashes his face into the cake as his disguise yes, yes. and we get so it looks like a face the mask. court liaison walks in at that moment 
and he's offering her the tea <laughs> while the the cream from the the cream frosting drops one by Fair? one yes. from his face into the cake. I love okay, that. I found this so funny about this movie. There's a reason that that is that famous. Fucking excellent. So, so good. So funny. When it's globbing down in and he stirs it in with a little teaspoon. Oh, <laughs> I was I was crying. Was- Sneaking in a bit of trivia here again. Most oh, yeah. of that uh, was improv because they weren't expecting the mask to melt. It was melting under the lights from the shooting. Oh. Wow. And so Robin Williams improv most of that scene. Mm. I'm surprised he didn't do some sort of accent. Uh, he never tried to be a hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> She'd already seen that one. <laughs> She'd know it was the same person if he just went, look, at look, I'm a hot dog. I've seen that hot dog before. <laughs> oh, I know that hot dog. <laughs> That's going on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> We're slowly working up a merch range. I've seen that hot dog before in High Energy Boys. Oh man! Yeah, so we get we've got to we got that excellent scene. I'd say the pace drops a little bit after this. He goes. Oh, there's a great section now that could have been cut. Few. Yeah. yeah, he um he goes to his first shift. Mrs. Doubtfire goes to her first shift, and she's a yes. bit of a dickhead. Pretty hopeless at the job. Can't cook can't clean and then we get kind of over time a cooking and cleaning montage yeah yeah as yeah, she yeah, gets yeah, better yeah. and better meanwhile Piers Brosnan is just winning over Miranda don't know why she even needed winning over no yeah, yeah. why are you not oh, saying no, yes she was, that? crazy. she was she was into that from the beginning but this is what I didn't get about him showing up as Mrs. Doubtfire and learning to cook and learning to clean is that he was still tr- he was still trying to get the job he still wanted her to pick him to take care of the kids after school. So why was he making himself irreplaceable as Mrs. Doubtfire when he could have just been shit? And then yeah, gone, this is something I was going to mention later because it becomes clear later. Now I have the person who can cook and clean and make the kids do chores, whereas I still think you're the guy who can't cook and clean and lets yeah. the kids do what they want. So well, just be shit and dude. now all her options are run out and you can take care of the kids. Yeah. The message of this movie is if you like pretend to be good for long enough, like you become good. But his, like you said, his persona as Mrs. Doubtfire is so much better than he could ever be. Take it till you make it. Yeah, take it till you make Oh my God. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just enjoy I've that. I've seen that hot dog before. <laughs> Let's get that on a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. So while he's... While he's in the midst of his cooking and cleaning montage, uh, he goes and has a, a stand-up wee in the in the upstairs toilet. Doesn't lock the door. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then his son walks in and sees him standing up, and immediately runs away, shouting, "Call the police!" Which is like a "Call the cops! It's a tranny" kind of thing. Yeah, like, this the, very highlights the, the problematic aspects of this movie. Yeah. Like. Call the cops. He's a she, he, he, she, something like that. That's yeah, yeah, it's hard to listen very, to. Yeah. Uh, but then uh, immediately, uh, so he's reve- like he reveals that he's Daniel to his two kids, and he explains that you know his his brother Frank had done it for him. But his brother is gay. We didn't mention that before, and it's not important to the movie, apart from the joke he now makes, which is uh, Uncle Frank and Aunt Jack helped me. What? Didn't catch that. <laughs> Why? Why are you laying on to the... And also, like, they do a lot of other stuff. So uh, when Mrs. Doubtfire is being a dick to the kids, they're watching Dick Van Dyke, and that episode of Dick Van Dyke is making fun of the trans community too. 
And every song up until this point, and from here on out, is some sort of joke about trans people. Like the last song we had before him was Dude Looks Like a Lady, and it's all within that very much that same theme. Yeah, uh, I didn't mention that. I did I did have this down, that every song in this is a very literal interpretation. Yes, there you go. In case you didn't know, it's it. a man pretending to be a woman. That's, yeah. Isn't that funny? I also had a note I wrote here, which was, all he had to do was get a job and a flat. <laughs> My God. He's I, an overperformer. I, I wrote that down numerous times throughout this. Just <laughs> All he had to do was get a job and a flat. Like the, yeah. The deed is done. Yeah. At this point, he's got two jobs. He's still got the flat, but there's, there's Chinese boxes in there, so it's not a good flat. Yeah, not good enough. Going back to your Harvey Weinstein reference earlier, Sam, he then says to the kids... This is our little secret. Yeah, yeah, that made me uncomfortable Which, yeah, too. Making your kids like swear to secrecy over this was just it made me uncomfortable. Also, more bad dad stuff. Like at this point, if you're caught, you stop, don't you? You find some reason to explain to Miranda you can no longer do a job, and you hope that they don't ever tell her. You don't continue pretending to be Mrs. Doubtfire whilst you your kids know. Yeah, no, you kind of cut your losses. He's enjoying it. He's loving it. Which, oh, yeah. you know, fair play to him. That's great, but don't yeah. be so everything phobic. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's important to note is that he is filling in in this full-time nanny role and doing the job he has to get to get the kids back. And he is a success. At this, at his... whilst part-timing. Well, both. I mean, yeah. we're getting to the point now where he meets the owner of the station and we see just the strangest TV show I've ever seen with the guy yeah. in his side. Dinosaur like, show, yeah. I was just sat watching that. So, like, is that what the people think kids' TV is if they've never met a kid and never seen kids' TV? Yeah. Just <laughs> stick an adult man on TV with some toys. Like, they've seen a kid play with toys and going, I guess kids' TV is just watching adults play with toys. That makes sense to me. That guy, he was was ad-libbing the show, and everyone knows that only Robin Williams can ad-lib. Yeah, he only did one accent. (laughs) Hot dog 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 (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Yeah, so he 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 uh, shirks his responsibilities to go and talk to the station owner, and just rips into this uh, dinosaur guy. All the while, little dropping little jokes. Doing his stand-up set. Well, he does. He does impress the boss, and he gets. He does impress him. He gets an interview. Yeah, he gets a dinner date for that Friday. Let's get a dinner well, date. That'll become right. important again later, won't it? This is the point. Remember this. Yeah. He has a dinner date for Friday at seven. Mm. I think. Yeah. Keep that in mind. But before that, he has to. Um, he has to go to the pool with. Yes, with Miranda, Pierce. the kids. Oh, he's and tough. Stuart. Yes. We get a great line here. One of my other favourites on this movie. Because it just made me realise that it's so much less subtle in movies from this period when they're making jokes for adults. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not just a smart thing you get. He says, touch me again and I'll drown you, you bastard. (laughs) Are you allowed to say bastard in a kid's movie? You get one swear per movie in a PG film. I swear he's sworn before this, though. We get a few shits in that. I don't know, it's just because he's from Scotland, England, so he gets a bit of a pass. Yeah, no one could understand him with his English accent. <laughs> so at the, at the pool scene, 
there was an interesting there was an interesting thing about this scene for me. So he Robin goes and sits at the bar. Well, he can't take his clothes off. He can't get for obvious reasons. He can't strip yes. off and hop in the pool. So while the kids are in the pool, he goes and sits by the bar. And while he's hidden at the bar behind a little pile of fruit, like a fruit basket. So he's he he hides behind this fruit basket. And meanwhile, Stuart comes up to the bar and he starts chatting to his his friend who's there. And I was like, okay. Here's the point where we find out that Stuart really is a bastard because yeah, he's a dog. the kids aren't there. The white, the, the the Miranda's not there. He's gonna, you know, explain his true devious intentions, which yes, it transpires are yeah. uh, I need to look after these kids. I, he's a good I really dude, like yeah. her and I like the kids and I wanna be you're like, oh again, the main antagonist of this has a genuine desire to look after these children and be a good father to them because their last one brought a load of animals into the house and then pissed off. Yeah, and after that massive dick move by Stuart, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire throws an orange at him. Yeah. Yeah. What does he call it? A drive-by? A drive-by fruiting. A drive-by fruiting. fruiting. A line I did enjoy. (laughs) Yeah, I think think you're not the only one. I saw that in a few reviews that I read. And then he gets invited to dinner. With Stu and the family, as Mrs. Oh, Delphire. and I that think date we were supposed to remember Friday at point, seven. Friday at seven, yeah, <laughs> at the same <laughs> restaurant. because yeah. he always, he's already got something going on at Friday at seven. So this is where they uh, remind. What's us. he going to do? You know, if only he had two people he could be at the same time for this scene. This or is the only, best scene in the movie. I don't want to. I say, love this. If only he could say, "No, no, I'm an employee." <laughs> I'm not coming to dinner with you. I have other plans. <laughs> Could we do this meeting at work during work hours? No, you mm. have to come. I, 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 no, I don't. I, I'm I literally busy. don't. <laughs> but that's not the point. He has to go. Yeah, but hilarity There's no ensues. getting out of this. Because if he doesn't go, then Piers Brosnan will definitely, definitely fuck his wife. I mean, he has already. He's Piers Brosnan. He absolutely has. Let, yeah, let's get that. Oh, there. yeah, for sure. The deed yeah. is done at this point. He's, he's not staving anything off that... She is no. deeply in love with this sexy, perfect man. And Why wouldn't, wouldn't he be? Yes. She, she was thirsting day one as he walked into that office. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah, so yeah. was I. <laughs> so for context, this scene is where Daniel must pretend to... They're in the restaurant. He's got two... Uh, there's one thing that happens before this. Uh, well, this is... So I was wondering about this. Uh, his invite to, to the restaurant by the, the station owner... I don't know if that comes at the at the at what point that comes because there's a scene where Daniel Robin is sat at the desk of the dinosaur guy doing his own improv, his own version yes. of the show, tweaking out. Once again, we're back to Koki <laughs> Robin, um, absolutely flipping out. And the thing that I love about this is the station owner supposedly sneaks in <laughs> and sees him doing this, and then the camera pans back and we see. The desk was facing the door. You yeah, carried yeah. on shouting for a full like minute after obviously seeing the guy walk in. Yeah, yeah. And he enters the room clapping. Yeah. This was like the peak of his career. Oh, to see I didn't Robin. notice you there. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my CV, by the way. I have it printed. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but during your description of that, I just clocked onto Evan doing the biggest yawn. <laughs> <It> just broke me. <laughs> 
That was his. Uh, that was his Matilda impression. <laughs> I, that's my, my interested face. Yes. I'm not bored. I'm just so very tired. It's been a long weekend, boys. I'm loving this though. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry I interrupted you. Um, more importantly, we're going to the restaurant, right? We're at the restaurant, which is the second most iconic mm. scene of this movie. Friday at seven. Do not forget. Friday at seven. The he has to be at the same restaurant. Yes, same as time. himself and as Mrs. Doubtfire. Yes. How's he going to get out of this crazy caper? Well, he's going to have to switch between. It's the only so way. all he can do, he's going to have to go to the toilet a whole bunch and switch between Mrs. Doubtfire and Daniel. Well, I yeah. wrote this note here, I'm going to say now, before that this it happens in the actual movie, but I'd have loved to see the movie where Daniel is just at dinner with his family, Friday at seven. Normal Daniel, they haven't gotten divorced happy family at the same time he is also mrs doubtfire dating mr lundy from the tv station and he's keeping up that acting thing and we get a little bit of hint about when he accidentally sits at that table but it's not quite as lent into as i'd like it to be but yeah but i don't feel like that's a comedy that's more of a a drama i think i don't know i don't know what it is but i'd watch it <laughs> i don't know what it is but i love it mr lundy god he's a he's a piece of work isn't he there's a, there's a line from him. He, uh, Daniel talks about he met met one of the waitresses on the way to the toilet, and I guess they fucked or something. I don't know. And then he says, "Does your girlfriend have a girlfriend?" And Daniel's <laughs> response is, "Hey, it's the '90s. Sorry, what? <laughs> we only hate people who dress as women now." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So so Daniel has to simultaneously get through this interview, drinking an insane amount of scotch so much it was four glasses that were all half full at least of just scotch one after the other bang 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 and then he's also drinking wine at the other table as mrs doubtfire he is yeah um and what i like about this is so he's his uh solution to this is get stuart out of the picture stuart reveals that he's got an allergy to pepper that's very broad it's very broad yeah (laughs) I mean, I believe that it exists, but... Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. That's a very non-specific thing to say. (laughs) So he says, I'll get the jambalaya, hold the pepper, or something like that. And so Mrs. Doubtfire slash Daniel walks into the kitchen, dumps a visible pile of cayenne cayenne pepper pepper. on top of the What I love about this is it's Daniel dressing up as a woman, dressing up as one of the (laughs) restaurant workers. He's wearing... Big fake breasts, women's clothes, and on top of that, he puts a server's coat. There are layers to this now, which I love. Let's Friday at seven, three layers. Three layers. Let's acknowledge he now has two fake jobs and one real one. <laughs> 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 and he's interviewing for another. The court had probably given him full custody at this point. What's he doing? <laughs> yeah. I've actually got four um, jobs now, Your Honour. <laughs> Yeah, so he, he takes advantage of Stuart's allergy by, I guess, trying to kill him with this pepper. He's trying to kill him, yeah. So he doesn't know what an allergy is. Yeah, so the meal comes to the table, Stuart takes the first bite, and then just chokes. Yes. Like, that's not what an allergy is. No, and he's not <laughs> even choking on the it pepper. It doesn't just make you choke on food. He coughs up a shrimp, and then that's it. He's he coughs fine. Up a shrimp. <laughs> yeah, it's not like, okay, now I also have anaphylaxis, can we deal with that? It's just, no. Pepper had nothing to do with it. I was just choking. Or, I have an allergy to pepper. They turn into shrimp in my throat. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's a very rare condition. It's a really weird <laughs> I have to stay away from Pepper. And whilst he is sick, well, he decides to save Stuart in the end. You know, he sees him choking. He does the Heimlich. And this is where we get the big reveal for everybody. And nobody freaks out as much as they should be in this scene. I mean, the wife does a little yeah. bit, but quite the nobody else is. I'm impressed he still gets the job from the oh, other yeah, table. Yeah. How did Mr. Uh, Lundy not see what was going on? Because he walks over to the table as Mrs. Doubtfire and then says, Oh, wait. oh th- this is my character. Oh, He's yes, drunk at yeah. this point, hence the mistake. He says, oh, but this is my character. And the guy's like, fine. <laughs> he improvs okay, very done. well. But I do this. Yeah. semi-drunk and I don't improv very well. For a guy who's had <laughs> like eight measures of scotch, that is some good improv. That's what we're missing out. Yeah, we need to be drinking <laughs> twice as much. What I loved about the reveal is his interaction with Stuart, Pierce's character, because they just have like a little knowing look. He's not angry or anything. And then he shakes his hand, almost <laughs> like he respected the play from Daniel. He was like, yeah, fair dues. Yeah. This has been good. We've all I been hated there. Mrs. Doubtfire. Now I know you're Daniel. I know what you were doing. Fit fiddies. What a good guy. <laughs> what a great guy. What a guy. Four mm. jobs, you say? <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, man. And then we get repercussions, I guess. Yeah, we get like, he goes court back scenes. to court after yeah. ticking all our boxes. He goes back to court <laughs> after this, and they go, you're obviously not mentally stable at the moment. You probably shouldn't see your kids until you sort that out. And that instantly makes Sally Fields the bad person because she took his kids away from him. The judge is the only sane person in this movie. This all seemed fine to me. Yeah, this man should not be around. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Daniel gives this really heartwarming speech, which I do feel is relatable and you believe him. But then the judge says... The speech is just the work of a great actor. Clearly, you're a great actor because you'd be attending, pretending to be a, a, an English woman for two hours, Scottish woman. Yeah. And he says he can get supervised visits every Saturday and you need psychological testing and possibly treatment. Absolutely on board Again. with that. And then, totally yeah. fair. And then, like all people who are registered as dangerous to kids, he becomes a children's TV host. <laughs> yes, he does. The fifth and job. what I love about this. Is he, so he gets he gets the job. It turns out he aced that interview and he got the job. But it, what I love about this TV, the two things I love about this TV show that he's that he does. First of all, he still plays Mrs. Doubtfire despite that whole thing obviously being a hastily made up lie. He doesn't go back to London and say, "Okay, this isn't actually my character. This was all just a big thing." He's he now just has to actually do the show in. Full makeup and everything, all cosmetics. It only takes ten minutes to put on. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. You can do it in the <laughs> you can do it in the toilet on the way onto the set. Um, but the other thing I love is that his argument for playing this character is like, "Hey, I might be an old lady, I might be a granny, but I'm still down with it. I'm still lithe and I can jump around and have fun." His entire role in the show is sitting down, sitting down. Yeah. Well, she's got that fun monkey with her. Yeah, which she, she almost turns her head to look at. <laughs> it's not the most active role that needs a young hip guy <laughs> we do get another very off collar joke in this segment oh. this is the one we talked about in our chat I don't know if uh, I toyed with whether this should be added I think we can mention it because it's not as if we all laughed at it because it was funny it's oh, the no, fact it's... that it was allowed to be in this movie which uh, is, I think I know which is funny yeah. so uh, 
she asked the monkey, do you know what language they speak in, in England? Uh, she's Scottish, so this isn't even pertinent to her to her role in the show. And the monkey says, Pakistani. Yeah. And she says, that's right, Kovacs, the monkey. In many stores, they do. It's just <laughs> kind of like, yeah. I'm at me. I, I was as speechless now. I'm as yeah. speechless now as I was then. Yeah, I paused and had to re-listen to it because I thought, I must have misheard. There's yeah. no way I must this have is in a movie. It's not as if this is a British movie making a comment on our society. This is an American movie just saying something they know about England as something other Americans might get. <laughs> it's crazy. I just paused and instantly messaged it to you, boys. Just like, the fuck yeah, was oh, that? Yeah. This was... <laughs> I think, yeah, that's the extent of yeah, the, I mean, the I, fuck I, was that. I understand giving Robin Williams free reign, but Feel free to cut, you know. Yeah, you can edit that, um, please. <laughs> if people knew what we cut out of this, fuck it oh, out. <laughs> and uh, now we're pretty much at the end of the movie here, and we get the main message of the movie delivered by Mrs. Doubtfire through the medium of her TV show uh, about families, regardless of whether or not they're divorced, separated, whether you're a foster kid, whether you have one parent, no parents. They're all just normal families and you should accept them for what they are, uh, which I found was nice, but I feel like it was undercut by all the anti-trans messaging in the movie. Exactly. <laughs> Every family is normal, apart from gay families, trans families. And there's exactly. a gay family in this. The message. His brother is gay, but yeah. they completely omit that in that final speech. The message in this is no matter what your family's like, yeah. just know that your parents love you. As long as you're not trans or gay or non-white. Yeah. I mean, that, that so message delivered Done and dusted. the three of us. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God this is an audio-only medium. Oh, people! I'm sure people know. Should we do bad trivia? My favourite segment of, of all these now. See, one thing I always like about going through the trivia is finding out who else was meant to play the role. And they... they Oh, name that came always, up for this all, one. Which come on, I always, no, let me guess. Is it Schwarzenegger? It's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Always is. Oh, see, what's really fucking annoying is it wasn't, but I still wrote that it was just to annoy you two and you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> I still included that in my notes. It's become... Because yeah. he's, all, he's always the person who was apparently meant to take the role. Yeah. And I would love to see yeah. that movie. Oh, I'd always love to see that movie. I'd love to see him playing everything. But I, mean, I don't think it's much better. It was Tim Allen. Well, not again. Of Buzz Lightyear fame. Ooh. Oh, yeah, he played Buzz Lightyear. Yeah. I get why they might have spotted that, but I don't think it would have been as good. It wouldn't have been as funny a movie. I mean, don't remember, I, comedically, I have no issue with Tim Allen. He's funny as Buzz Lightyear. He's funny in Galaxy Quest, but I can't see him improving on the same level. And secondly, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Perfect. Because I already have it written down. <laughs> Yeah, not bad. Excellent. Stole my one <laughs> fucking joke. Too predictable. <laughs> I'm still going to keep putting it in Need there. to improv more. Try being a hot dog. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's very good. <laughs> I wouldn't even know where to begin with that. That's how good he is. Ah, oh, right. Is that is that all the trivia that we had? Oh, I can make up some more if you want. <laughs> No, you can't. <laughs> You're not Robin Williams. It's true. Let's move right on to bad reviews, will we? Shall we? Sure. Yes. Let's go My favourite part. 
okay, hard to find bad reviews for this movie. This is a big nostalgia think, piece for a lot of people. Yeah, exactly. Most of the people who are watching it loved it. And because of that, these aren't all negative reviews, but there's some interesting ones in there. Had to dig around, but there's some interesting ones. I'll start off with... Um, let's see, this is from Kickstand29. Gave it a 2 out of 10 and titled the review, Put It Out of Our Misery. Said, I loathe this film because its immense popular success has persuaded Robin Williams to turn away from genuine humour to pathetic, love-me-feel-good claptrap. As a film itself, <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire is an insulting piffle. Williams' kids wouldn't recognise their own father in theatrical makeup. That itself is the saddest thought in this film. If you want a truly engaging film for the family, rent the Iron Giant instead. So I'm going to assume that Kickstand 29 is either a writer on the Iron Giant or is working at a blockbuster and could not shift those movies. Because it was a confusing review. People kept asking for Mrs. Doubtfire, but he doesn't have any left. What about yeah, the Iron Giant? I'm sure you don't want the Iron Giant. <laughs> it's fun for all the family. It's not racist. Yeah, he was adamant that Robin Williams was too good for this role. And he was annoyed that for half of this movie, he didn't look like Robin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't we all? <laughs> um, next one I got, and this is a cracker. Up front, I'm saying that this is a good one. Six out of ten. This is from Karen Johnson, who gave it a six out of ten. Ah, oh, strap in. Today was March the 17th. I woke up, scrolled through Facebook for five whole minutes as I made my favourite soup, cauliflower bean soup. In my scavenging of the media, I found this particularly concerning comment about the film Mrs. Doubtfire on my recommendations and thought I needed to see what the young hooligan was talking about. Being a mother of four and a wife of 25 years, I was insulted by their sloppy review of the movie and thought I should correct it after seeing the film for myself. I turned on the TV, I reached for the remote, I paid 15 American dollars to see this film on demand in HD, and the first few minutes were vulgar. I was insulted. This Robert Williams <laughs> fellow <laughs> gave an awful performance. He didn't understand the role of a mother and played the part poorly. Since my children left the house, I got a cat to keep me company. He was sick today, so I left him a bowl of clam chowder. Two minutes in, my what? cat walked over to the couch <laughs> and started violently rubbing my feet. I gave him a good scratching, but he coughed up a hairball onto my big toe. To try and rid this to try and rid this hairball, I started shaking my foot and accidentally hit my cat on the side of his belly. In doing so, my soup spilled all over my cat. I'm upset. And we'll be reporting to Hollywood ASAP. Yours in sincerely, Karen Johnson, age 67. Six out of ten. Six out of ten. Jesus Christ. Look, I know it's a fake review, but I was looking up reading it. That is excellent. Yeah. The, oh, title, I love the that. title of it was, Oh, no, 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 my soup's built on my cat. <laughs> oh, I hate, I hate that they managed to be funnier than our entire hour long episode in yeah. 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Okay. Oh. It's always three. So I got the third one here. Nice. Uh, Andy W gives it a 10 out of 10 and says, I love old trannies. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Do you know when that was written? That was written in 2012. <laughs> fuck it up. Oh, on that. On that. Do you know the 
up until Robin Williams died in 2014, they were considering a sequel. No. I did not know that. Well, I, number one, what I first loved was that um, it kind of shows how callous Hollywood is, is that after he died, they put the project on hold, not cancel. So they were still <laughs> wow. just like, how can we make this happen? But just, I just, do, I, even if they managed to somehow get him back in character where everyone wasn't just like, well, yeah, that's the guy on TV. That's not a disguise anymore. I just feel like they would not get away with it. No, there's not a climate no. for that anymore. People don't have the patience for that stuff. Because the main joke of that movie isn't a joke anymore, is it? Even in 2012, I don't feel people have had the patience for this. You know, and the times are a lot different now, but uh, no, yes, nobody wants to see that. No, but I don't want to see a remake of any of these movies. No. Well, they're doing Spy Kids again. If you didn't know that, boys. Yeah. Why? <laughs> I don't think anyone thinks that they are, that there's any just love for the film or creativity behind any of this. No, no, no. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anything's, everything's right for a cash-in. Was there ever a Flubber sure. 2? If yeah, not, then right. I'm sure that was in the works. Uh, was there a Flubber 2? Possibly, but I'm sure Robin Williams wasn't in it. Yeah. No, I'm thinking of the, the, the films that came before Flubber. There were a couple of those, the ones oh, that was based the, on um, the something inventor the, or... Absent-minded professor like or something. Absent-minded professor, yes. There yeah. were a couple of those, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lovely. Well, we've gotten to the most important part, Sam, since this was your flick to pick. So, you thought that was good, do you? You think that was good, do you? I've just gotten the name of our own <laughs> podcast wrong. So you think that was good, do you, Sam? Um, I honestly don't know. Uh, there's still moments of this that I really enjoy. The cake think, scene yeah. and the restaurant scene, for all of its kind of being weirdly outdated for its age i am gonna say that yeah i do i for me it was because i've got the nostalgia so yeah i really yeah. enjoyed it i get that that's the whole point of this is that we're revisiting stuff and trying to look at it without nostalgia but shut up i don't care nostalgia has won it for me yeah i am um, i didn't have as much i had seen this before but i, I can't say i remembered much of this uh, because it's robin williams so i assumed it would be good I did very much enjoy it. I laughed at a lot of stuff. Obviously, it's problematic. It's got its issues. But I, I, I did laugh quite a few times in this period. There were some good lines. I like the improv. I could have done with less voices. It could have been a lot shorter by half an hour, 45 minutes. I didn't need all that. But uh, yeah, I, I had a really good time with this. I, I didn't hate it. What about you there, Carl? So long. So long. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I messaged long. into the chat saying, please end. And I still had I yeah, still had yeah. forty five minutes left at that point, but I think the p problem I had was number one I I hadn't seen this before this was first viewing for me so there was no nostalgia, and number two I thought going into this it was pure comedy, I was not prepared for this weird it was really a drama with bits of Robin Williams just inserted into it, and yes that very mix much so, yeah. just did not hit for me at all I was not a fan. I did not think this was good. Yeah, that. I did not think this was good. That's fair. I can see exactly where you're coming from there. I don't think that's that's too unfair a critical response to this. It, it, it had its issues. It was it was definitely too long. And you're right, that sort of mix of that family drama with what well, were attempted moments of levity, but it wasn't like a play on the, the situation itself. It was just him doing voices at these points. But yeah, he was a man acting like he's the main character in a sitcom and everything was fine. But he lived in, in our world. Yeah. That is a normal world where everyone is reasonable 
and logical, but he was not treating it that way. And I think that's why he came off as an unbelievable character, an un- unrelatable character, because what he his responses to things didn't make sense. And although they might have been objectively funny, you can't relate to him because he's just not acting normally. So the characters he plays within his voice acting have suddenly become a part of him as he... Yeah. 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 Ooh, holy shit, this Ooh. got deep. Ooh. Yeah, that's a darker film. I'd like to see that. Yeah, there's probably some sort of hot dog involved at some point. <laughs> you need to leave, Robin. Just flops onto the floor. Robin isn't here. I'm Mr. Hot Dog. <laughs> oh, are we done, boys? I think, I think that's all um, I can take of this movie. Done. Oh. Excellent. Sam's well, watching that ticker I do go think- up and going, I've got to edit this. <laughs> so I'm going to say thank you so much for listening. We'd absolutely love it if you could leave us a five-star review. It'd really help us out. And follow us over at So You Think Pod on Twitter. Join us again next week when we'll be watching 1991's The Rocketeer upon Cole's request. I'm pretty excited about that because I have not seen it. I haven't seen it either. Until then, a pa-pa-pa piss off Lou. And also I couldn't even be bothered to do the voice. I'm tired of the impressions. <laughs>